Hello, hello everyone. Welcome, welcome to Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. So glad that you joined me. Um, for those that might be the first time joining, uh, coming to the YouTube channel, uh, on this channel we read the scripture together and we uh, make sure we all understand the context and then we make application to our lives. Uh, we started with Genesis chapter 1 and we are now on Genesis chapter 31. So you can actually go on to... Um, as you go into this channel, you can start from the first video to catch up, uh, so you can catch up to where we are. But normally we try to um, at least if, uh, spend 30 minutes in the scripture together at once a week. And uh, it is a video, so you can stop it and start it whenever you like. Uh, and I try to post a new video every Wednesday. Not try to, I, I post a new video every Wednesday, um, Lord willing. I've been able to keep up with that. Because <clears throat> uh, sometimes it's even on as, as early as Tuesday evening. To make sure it's on there by Wednesday. So anyway, glad you're here. Um, we're going to start with a quick word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Lord God, for all those who are listening. Holy Spirit, we just thank you, O oh God, for coming in and being the teacher. Father, in the world where there's so much chaos and so much uh, evil going on right now and a confusion, Father, we just thank you that we can find peace in you, O oh God that we can find peace in studying your word and learning your word, Father, so we can be prepared, Father, for when you do return. We thank you for all those listening. We ask you to make the word plain and clear to us that we might understand it. And we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> so last week we were talking about, um, we had an interesting chapter in chapter 30, uh, chapter 30 where Jacob had... Um, we talked about how he had 11 sons by the close of the, of last week's chapter, by the close of chapter 30. 11 sons and one daughter, one daughter uh, called Dinah, D-I-N-A-H, and we're going to read more about her later on. But he had six sons from, his, uh, from Leah, the first uh, daughter that he married. And then he had two sons from Rachel's maid, Bilhah. Then he had two more sons from Leah's maid. And then Rachel finally had a son, Joseph, uh, for him by the close of that chapter. And Leah also had the daughter, Dana. Dana was Leah's daughter. <clears throat> so, so when we close chapter 30, we close with... Jacob having 11 sons and one daughter. And we talked about the significance of this is that uh, the nation of Israel is being born, that this is going to be God's chosen people, God's chosen nation. And we're reading about how they came about because each one of these sons that we're reading about is going to eventually become a tribe. And, um, and then, of course, as we continue to read, we're going to read about Joseph and we're going to get into how the children of Israel ended up in the land of Egypt and we're going to be about the Exodus and all that. So here on now, we're talking about, we started with Abraham, talking about the chosen people. We started with Abraham. We read about uh, his life. We read about the life of Isaac. And we uh, read about the life of, now we're reading about the life of Jacob, which includes all his 12 sons. And so it's going to go into the 12 tribes of Israel. And from these 12 tribes of Israel, and I'm telling you why this is significant for us. From these 12 tribes of Israel, out of the tribe of Judah, which is Judah is one of Jacob's sons, is going to come our beloved Jesus. 
So we're, we're reading background and find out where things, uh, how things happen and where they came from, because it's all important for us to know. Amen. Amen. So <clears throat> we're going to start today in chapter 31. I'm reading from the New Living Translation and I'm going to, it's a lot to read. So I'm going to read it all the way through. And then we're going to go back and um, some of the things that I jotted down, some of the notes <clears throat> that I have um, that I want us to get, some of the things I want us to get out of the chapter, we'll um, expound upon some of those. So amen. In Genesis chapter 31, New Living Translation, verse 1. <clears throat> it says, but Jacob soon learned that Laban's sons were grumbling about him. Jacob was, well, let me just, let me just go back and say that um, after having all these children, um, one thing we didn't talk about last, we talked about last week, Jacob had asked Laban to give him his wealth because he wanted to start his own family and start uh, providing, you know, for his own wealth for his family. Well, Laban begged him not to go because Laban realized that, uh, and Laban is Jacob's uncle. And he realized that the only reason why he is rich is because Jacob is there. And he found that out through some kind of divination things that he was doing. So he wanted Jacob to stay. And so they they plan, worked this plan out where Jacob could stay a little bit longer and he can start building his own flocks and his own cattle. So that's what the way the chapter ended up with Jacob building his own cattle and uh, with God helping him actually to build his cattle. And we're going to find build his flocks. So Jacob, by the time we close in chapter 30, Jacob is rich. He's very wealthy. He not, he has uh, uh, flocks and sheep and goats and all that. So, you know, just a little background information so we know where we are. Because <clears throat> he came there with nothing and he's leaving. He's, he's about to leave uh, very rich. So in verse 31, it said, But Jacob soon learned that Laban's sons were grumbling about him. Jacob has robbed our father of everything, they said. He has gained all his wealth at our father's expense. And Jacob began to notice a change in Laban's attitude toward him. Then the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your father and, and grandfather and to your relatives there, and I will be with you. So Jacob called Rachel and Leah out to the field where he was watching his flock. And he said to them, I've noticed that your father's attitude toward me has changed. But the God of my father has been with me. You know how hard I have worked for your father, but he has cheated me, changing my wages 10 times. But God has not allowed him to do me any harm. For if he said, talking about Laban, the speckled animals will be your wages, the whole flock began to produce speckled young. And when he changed his mind and said, the striped animals will be your wages, then the whole flock produced striped, striped young. And, and for those that weren't here last week, the, the arrangement that they had made is that Jacob would have any striped or speckled um, or, or black or, you know, dark, dark color animals would end up being Jacob's. Jacob was going to take those out for his flock. And so uh, whenever the what they're talking about here, whenever there was too many speckled young, then Jake, and then Laban would change his mind and said, no, you can't have the speckled ones. You can have the striped ones because it was too many, you know, speckled ones. And then when they all, when the animals start having stripes, then he would change his mind again. So he kept changing his mind because he didn't want Jacob to, uh, to earn all his, all his flock. 
So the striped, striped animals will be your wages. Then the whole flock produced striped young. In this way, he said, and he's talking to his, his two wives. He says, in this way, God has taken your father's animals and given them to me. And then he told them, he's still talking to Rachel and Leah. He says, one time during the mating season, I had a dream and I saw that the male goats mating with the female goats were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Then in my dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob, and I replied, yes, here I am. The angel said, look up and you will see that only the streaked, speckled, and spotted males are mating with the females of your flock. For I have seen how Laban has treated you. How many people know that God speaks in dreams? Sometimes that might be the only way he can get something, get information over to us is give it to us in a dream. So this is a dream, but God is speaking directly to Jacob through this dream. Verse 13. I am the God who appeared to you at Bethel, the place where you anointed the pillar of stone and made your vow to me. Now get ready and leave this country and return to the land of your birth. Rachel and Leah responded. So after Jacob, he, he, this was a dream he was telling about. This is a dream I had where God told me to return to the land of my birth. So in verse 14, this was Rachel and Leah's response. That's fine with us. We won't inherit any of our father's wealth anyway. He has reduced our rights to those of foreign women. And after he sold us, he wasted the money you paid, you paid him for us. All the wealth God has given you from our father legally belongs to us and our children. So go ahead, do whatever God has told you to. Verse 17, so Jacob put his wives and children on camels and he drove all his livestock in front of him. He packed all the belongings he had acquired in Pandanaram. Pandanaram and Haran is like the same area. And he set out for the land of Canaan where his father Isaac lived. At, that, at the time they left, Laban was some distance away shearing his sheep. Rachel stole her father's household idols and took them with her. Jacob outwitted Laban, the, the Aramean, and the other version says he was a uh, Syrian. For they set out secretly and never told Laban they were leaving. So Jacob has packed up his whole family, Rachel and Leah, all the flocks that he had uh, gathered, that he had earned, and he he's sneaking away, basically. Laban is not there. Laban is off somewhere shearing his sheep. So Jacob, Jacob is sneaking away. Verse 21. So Jacob took all his possessions with him and crossed the Euphrates River, heading for the hill country of Gilead. Three days later, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. So he gathered a group of his relatives and set out in hot pursuit. He caught up with Jacob seven days later in the hill country of Gilead. But the previous night, God had appeared to Laban, the Armenian, in a dream, God speaking in a dream again, and told him, I'm warning you, leave Jacob alone. Now, actually, in the uh, <clears throat> the King James Version, it was he said a little bit different than that. He didn't say that. He said, um, don't say anything to Jacob, good or bad. But I like the way the New Living Translation put, puts it. I'm warning you, leave Jacob alone. Putting it pretty plain. Uh, verse 25, Laban caught up with Jacob as he was camped in the hill country of Gilead. And he set up his camp not far from Jacob's. 
What do you what do you mean by deceiving me like this? Laban demanded. Now remember, God told him, "Don't you know? You you better not harm Jacob." So I guess he felt felt like if he get if he questioned Jacob, gave him a third degree that's not the same as harming him. But anyway, this is what he did. He says, "How dare you drag my daughters away like prisoners of war? Why did you slip away secretly? Why did you deceive me? And why didn't you say you wanted to leave?" which Jacob had told him he wanted to leave, but remember he had him stay there six more years. I would have given you a farewell feast with singing and music accompanied by tambourines and harps. Why didn't you let me kiss my daughters and grandchildren and tell them goodbye? You have acted very foolishly. I could destroy you, but the God of your father appeared to me last night and warned me, leave Jacob alone. Sound like he got a little bit of fear of God, huh? And he said, God of your father. So obviously Laban doesn't consider God as his God. He says, God of your father. I can understand your feeling that you must go, your intense longing for your father's home. But why have you stolen my gods? And that's gods with a little g. He had all these idols. Remember, Rachel stole some of his idols. Verse 31. This is Jacob talking now. He said, I rushed away because I was afraid. I thought you would take your daughters from me by force. But as for your gods, see if you can find them and let the person who has taken them die. He has no idea that Rachel has them. And if you find anything else that belongs to you, identify it before all these relatives of ours and I will give it back. But Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the household idols. Laban went first into Jacob's tent to search there then into Leah's, and then the tents of the two servant wives. But he found nothing. Finally, he went he, uh, Finally, he went into Rachel's tent. But Rachel had taken the household idols and hidden them in her camel saddle. Now, I don't know how big this camel saddle was, but this is where she hid the idols. And now she was sitting on them. And when Laban had uh, thoroughly searched her tent, Without finding them, she said to her father, Please, sir, forgive me if I don't get up for you. I'm having my monthly period. So Laban continued his search, but he could not find the household idols. Then Jacob became very angry, and he challenged Laban. What's my crime? he demanded. What have I done wrong to make you chase after me as though I were a criminal? You have rummaged through everything I own. Now show me what you found that belongs to you. Set it out here in front of us before our relatives for all to see. Let them judge between us. For 20 years, I have been with you, caring for your flocks. In all that time, your sheep and goats never miscarried. In all those years, I have never used a single ram of yours for food. If any were attacked and killed by wild animals, I never showed you the carcass and asked you to reduce the count of your flock. No, I took the loss myself. You made me pay for every stolen animal, whether it was taken in broad daylight or in the dark of night. I worked for you through the scorching heat of the day and through cold and sleepless nights. Yes, for 20 years, I slaved in your house. I worked for 14 years earning your two daughters and then six more years for your flock. And you changed my wages 10 times. In fact, if the God of my father had not been on my side, the God of Abraham and the fear and the fearsome God of Isaac, 
you would have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen your abuse and my hard work. That is why he appeared to you last night and rebuked you. So Jacob is pretty hot and pretty mad. As this and mind, this is twenty years in the coming, twenty years in the making of, of this boiling over. So this is like the boiling point. He just let it all out. Verse forty-three. Then Laban replied to Jacob, "These women are my daughters. These children are my grandchildren. These flocks are my flocks. In fact, everything you see is mine. But what can I do now about my daughters and their children? So come." Let's make a covenant, you and I, and it will be a witness to our commitment. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as, as a monument. Then he told his family members, gather some stones, gather some stones. So they gathered stones and piled them in a heap. Then Jacob and Laban sat down beside the, the pile of stones to eat a covenant meal. To, com to commemorate the event, Laban called the place Okay, Jagger Shadutha, which means witness, pal, in Aramaic, and Jacob called and Jacob called it Gilead, which means witness, pal, in Hebrew. Verse forty-eight. Then Laban declared, "This pile of stones will stand as a witness to remind us of the covenant we have made today. This explains why it was called Gilead, witness, pal." But it was also called Mizpah, which means watchtower. For Laban said, now, how many times have you heard this one? May the Lord keep watch between us to make sure that we keep this covenant when we are out of each other's sight. And in the um, King James Version, it says, may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. And, and it's a, uh, a prayer that a lot of pastors use when they're closing out their service. And I'm wondering if how many of them know the root of that prayer was mistrust. Laban didn't trust Jacob, so, so his thing was, okay, we're going to make this covenant. Let God watch between me and you because neither one of them trusted each other to make sure we do the right thing and don't harm each other. So verse 50, if you mistreat my daughters or if you marry other, other wives, God will see it even if no one else does. He is a witness to this covenant between us. Verse 51. See this pile of stones, Laban continued, and see this monument I have set between us. They stand between us as witnesses of our vows. I will never pass this pile or st of stones to harm you, and you must never pass these stones or this monument to harm me. I call on the God of our ancestors, the God of, our, of your father Abraham, and the God of my grandfather Nahor to serve as a judge between us. So Jacob took an oath before the fearsome God of his father, Isaac, to respect the boundary line. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice to God there on the mountain and invited everyone to a covenant feast. After they had eaten, they spent the night on the mountain. Laban got up early the next morning and he kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he left and returned home. So amen, amen. That's a lot in that chapter. Um, we're going to just start talking about it. It's so long. I don't know if we're going to get through the whole thing, but we're going to we're going to start. So uh, first thing we want to talk about is <clears throat> uh, how Jacob learns that Laban's sons were upset with him uh, about taking their father's wealth. And Jacob also noticed that uh, Laban's attitude was changing about him. So 
in verse one, we have Laban's sons. And, and mind you, when Jacob first came here uh, some 20 years ago, um, obviously Laban didn't have any sons because Rebecca was the one that was a shepherdess. She was uh, tending the flock. So these sons can't be more than about 20 years old. But anyway, they're complaining that Jacob is taking everything because the, the, uh, the uh, inheritance is passed down to the sons. So here these sons are realizing that Jacob has taken all this wealth from our father. We're, there's not going to be anything left for us. And that's say how many sons Laban uh, had, but he obviously had you know, more than one because it said his sons were grumbling about him. And also Jacob noticed that Laban's attitude had changed about him. So he, he noticed that Laban's not being too nice to him lately. So he's noticing the tide is changing. But then notice that in verse 3, um, you know, God will warn you, God will, God will lead us and guide us because Jacob was always feel, already feeling a certain kind of way, like, okay, you know, like probably maybe it's time for me to move on. But in, in verse three, it said, the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your father and grandfather and to your relatives there, and I will be with you. So, Jacob has has heard from God that he should return to to the land to his father's house because um obviously things are uh they're not liking him that much and these sons might want to they probably want to get rid of him because he's they feel like he's taking their father's wealth. But one thing we need to know is that when God gives you favor on your life, you are going to have some haters. How many people have favor on their life? If you're a child of the king, you've got favor on your life. And so if you haven't had haters as of yet, if you haven't experienced people hating you for no reason at all, okay, you keep on living, stay, keep on walking with the Lord. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. In John 15, 18, it says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. So it, you're going to have haters. So don't think it's strange when, when people hate on you and they don't even know you for no reason at all, because it's going to happen. And also, uh, all this stuff that's happening to um, Jacob when he said the father had changed his wages and all that. Jacob, Jacob is probably sowing some of what he reaped because Laban is giving Jacob some of his own medicine. Remember how Jacob was deceitful to his brother Esau's? And he stole his birthright. He stole the blessing. He tricked the father into blessing him. So Jacob is getting some of this back. Uh, Laban tricked him, uh, gave him some of his own medicine by deceiving him. For four, for 14 years, he had to work for the, for the two daughters. However, after that, the next six years, Jacob turned the tables on Laban. And he was able to... Uh, uh, get Laban's flock. So he was really collecting a lot of Laban's flock. Because remember, by the time he closed chapter 30, Jacob is rich. He had um, taken a lot of Laban's flock. So in verse 3, <clears throat> like we said, God instructed uh, Jacob to leave. And God told him, he says, I will always, I will be with you. God is always with us. He's always leading us if we will just listen. And there are some of the most 
comforting words that we want to hear when we when we hear God say, I'm with you. Lord, I'm with you always. I will never leave you or forsake you. And sometimes when when everything seems topsy-turvy and the world seems like it's, it's turning upside down, just steal yourself, quiet yourself, get in peace and just let him let his his spirit and his presence wash over you to calm you and let his peace calm you knowing that God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. He will always be with us. He'll never leave us, never forsake us. No matter what comes upon this earth, God got you. He got you in the palms of his hands. He's going to take care of you no matter what. And this is what God was telling Jacob. I will be with you. Because when God is with us, we feel it makes us feel empowered. It makes us feel invincible when we know it. When we know it. Sometimes we're 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 on shaky ground and we're having feeling of fear and and um a little scared about things because we're not realizing we are the king's kids. We belong to the king. And because we belong to the king, we are invincible. We can do anything as long as we know God is in it and God is with us. Amen. Don't you find that to be true? When God gives you an assignment and you know he's giving it to you and you know he's in it, you can do anything and, and without the fear. He's our strength and he's, a, he's our enabler. It's like if you keep your eyes focused on him, it's like when he told, when Peter stepped out the boat to come and walk on the water him, as long as Peter kept his eyes focused on Jesus, he was able to walk on that water because God was with him because Jesus was right there. So we have to remember, keep your eyes on him. Keep your focus on him. God one time showed me um, a, a vision picture. Um, and in the vision picture, I was walking on a tightrope. And in front of me was Jesus. And he showed me that as long as I kept my eyes on him, I was going to make it to the other side. Because if I had fallen down, it was a, it would have been a big drop. And God showed me that if you keep your eyes on me, you're going to get to the other side. So I'm sharing that with you just so you know, if you keep your eyes on him, no matter what torment, what is going on around you, no matter um, how, how the world is turning upside down, keep your eyes on God and watch how he gets you to the other side. He's going to get you where you need to be if you keep your eyes on him. Amen. So in verse four, um, verses four through 13, Jacob calls Rachel and Leah out to the field with him and he explained why he had to leave Laban. Now, remember he, he, um, these are Laban's daughters, so I guess he wants to see how they feel about what he's about to do. And he said, Laban, Laban's attitude has changed against me. He said, but God has been with me. He said, Laban cheated me of my wages 10 times. He said, the speckled animals will be your wages. However, he changed his mind when God allowed. He said, when God allows, so Jacob is realizing God is in it, the entire flock to be speckled. He did the same thing after he gave me the striped animals for my wages. So according to verse 8, Laban changed the rules depending on what color animals were born. So, you know, Laban's kind of shifty. He, he's doing some stuff here too. Verse 9, notice that Jacob recognizes that God had taken away Laban's animals and given them to him. Let's read that again in verse 9. In verse 9, it says... In this way, because every time Laban changed his weight and said, okay, you have the striped ones, God would make sure that all the animals came out striped. All the newborn uh, flock would come out striped. And all the striped ones would go to Jacob. So 
He said in verse 9, In this way God has taken your father's animals and given them to me. So Jacob knew that God was the one that was blessing him. Amen. Notice that uh, although Jacob had schemed to try to get some of Laban's flock, again, it is God that makes us rich. It is God that gives us the, the power and authority and the know-how to, to, to be rich. It wasn't Jacob's schemes. Although he was doing all these schemes and peeling uh, the bark off of these trees and uh, saying that, that when the animals look at this, uh, the the bark of the trees that had the white showing that they were going to uh, birth these speckled and striped animals. Okay, Jacob had all that scheme going on, but it was God that was multiplying him. It was God that was making sure he got what he was supposed to get. Amen. It was not Jacob's schemes. And Jacob, is, he realizes this. In verses 10 through 14, it's in, in a dream, God assured Jacob uh, by an angel. He said that he was with him and had seen how Laban had been treating him. How people know God sees everything? God is not asleep. If there's somebody that's mistreating you or not doing you right, you can believe God sees it. And God says, vengeance is mine. He doesn't want us trying to uh, uh, repay or try and do something back to somebody because they're mistreating us. No, you get on your knees and you pray for that person. You pray for that person because you're going to heap coals of fire on their head because pray for them and be, be kind to them because you're being kind to be kind to them and they wonder why you're being kind to them when they know they're being mean and nasty. But you pray for that person. But God made sure that Jacob knew that he was the same God that Jacob had met in Bethel. And when Jacob was on his way to Haran and he saw the staircase that was going up to heaven and he made a, a, an altar there. But God, well, God reminded Jacob, I'm that same God that you saw that I came that came to you in that dream. So Jacob was instructed to leave Laban and return to his home. So in verse 14 to 16, when 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 Jacob is explaining all this to Rachel and Leah, they had no problem whatsoever with what Jacob wanted to do. Uh, because for number one, they said, well. Uh, they were not going to inherit their father's wealth. And they probably felt this way because now their father had sons. And remember, the inheritance goes to the sons. So any inheritance they might have been uh, supposed to be in line to get, they weren't going to get now because now Laban has sons. So during this time, uh, if a man had sons, his inheritance would be passed down to his sons. And if he had no sons, then the daughters would get it. But he's got sons. But it appears that Laban had, uh, we talked about he didn't have sons when uh, Rachel first met uh, Jacob. But he has sons now. So these sons can't be more than about 20 years old. And Jacob is ready to go because in verse chapter 31, verse 1, he soon, he, like I said, he was grumbling against him. So he's ready to go. But the daughter said, okay, we're not going to get an inheritance. Uh their rights have been reduced to uh, to the rights of foreign women. And what did that mean? They basically didn't have any rights. They Their father was going to, you know, make sure they had a roof over their head and feed them. Uh, but they were, they had no rights. And number three, their father sold them and then wasted the money away of their inheritance. So Jacob had um, 
the money or what he had invested, what Jacob had given him in his, in his servitude in their time, their father had wasted that and sold that. And according to the, um, the Quest Study Bible, contracts for marriages was a business contract and the groom usually paid the father of the bride. We talked about that last week, how Jacob had paid in his 14 years of service um, for, the, for the two brides. All the wealth, this is the fourth reason why they gave Jacob that they didn't mind him doing what he was doing. They said, all the wealth God has given you for our from our father legally belongs to us and our children. So they had no problem with Jacob doing what he was doing. They said, go ahead, do whatever God tells you to do. So um, interesting and, you know, time is, is slipping away from. So we're going to stop there and get into the other half of this chapter next week. But just remember and keep that in mind that uh, God sees everything because it said here that God saw how Laban was mistreating Jacob and God made sure that Jacob got what he was supposed to get. So God is going to bless you and make sure you get everything that you got coming to you. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to lift a finger. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. God will take care of you. Amen. Amen. So before we close, just want to make sure... Um, that you go on this channel is a playlist called the sinner's prayer It's the sinner's prayer and it's a teaching about salvation please go on this channel and review those uh videos because if you have not given your heart to jesus now is the time don't wait don't wait tomorrow is not promised to us i recently had death in my family and there's so many people that are, are dying left and right and you don't want to leave this earth without giving your heart to jesus knowing where you're going to spend eternity and the sinner's prayer, it's a, a, a easy video and it'll tell you why we need Jesus. And also the teaching tape on there about salvation. We give you all those scriptures about salvation so you can understand what's happening to you and about the salvation experience. So, amen. Let's just close in a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you. We praise you. And we honor you, God. Father, we're so glad that you love us so much, Lord, and that you see everything, God, that you see us. And Father, that anyone that mistreats your people, oh God, has to answer to you, oh God. Father, we thank you for all those that are listening. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you be with us even as we go to our separate places. Bless us, oh God, and you be glorified in everything that we say and we do. And we'll be careful to give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So amen. Thank you for joining me. And I will see you next week.